0: You're listening to LaxRecords.com podcast, episode 14. Today we're talking with Landon head coach, Rob Bordley. So let's get started. Hey everybody, Mike here. Welcome to the LaxRecords.com podcast. Today I'm talking with Rob Bordley, the head coach at Landon School in Bethesda, Maryland. Now, Bordley, he was kind of a a dream interview of mine. i have talking to him several times over the last few years, and he's always a fun guy to talk to. Um, Bordley, he's he's fifth all-time with 622 career wins, and I'll be perfectly honest. If you are not excited about lacrosse after listening to this podcast, it is time for you to look for a different sport. He's almost 70 years old, but I think you're going to agree that he sounds like someone half that age in this conversation. His excitement for the sport of lacrosse, is completely contagious. So this is something I hope you will catch by the time you're finished listening to this today. Um, Because he has such an impressive resume, I talk with him about more than just how the team is going to fare this season, but a little tip, they're probably going to be pretty good. So we're going to dive a little bit deeper into what has helped him be so successful since he started at Landon in the mid-70s. He's been there quite a long time, and at this point in time, he is almost synonymous with Landon LaCrosse. Uh, so what tidbit of information does he have to pass along what's the best piece of advice he's ever received and also we talk a little bit about the rivalry with georgetown prep because anyone who's familiar with the sport knows that that is one of the best rivalries in high school athletics it goes into more than just the lacrosse team it goes into the football program and the basketball it's it is a area where the schools are separated by just a few miles and it is a contagious contagious uh, rivalry so it's a lot of fun so we talk a little bit about that too so before we get into it be sure to follow me on twitter and instagram at lax records and on facebook at facebook.com slash lax records i'm going to have all the links in the show notes and on laxrecords.com so now on to the show what is the athletic culture like atlanta and it doesn't have to. you know i know obviously you guys are pretty adept. Having lived back there, I know it's adept at more than just lacrosse. I just kind of want you to describe like outside of the lacrosse program. As well, well,
1: the the school, the founder of the school was a football guy. The school was founded in 1929, and he was, at, he was the head football coach. And I actually went there. And when I went there uh, back in the 50s, there was only one sport in the fall, and that was football. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's hardly the case now, but we do have mandatory sports Uh, We have lots and lots of options. We've added lots of sports from fencing to rifle to water polo and and so forth, but we do have mandatory sports. So every boy every day uh, is either participating in in, an interscholastic sport uh, or uh, he's satisfying the sports requirement by, you know, playing intramural uh, basketball or uh, he's doing strength and lifting uh, in the weight room.
0: Right. Yeah, actually, uh, I learned that uh, in an interesting way. Like, I I'm a runner, so I was re- actually reading a book by the author Rich Roll. He's an ultra marathoner, um, right? Triathlons, and he went to Landon. And and oh wow! Book,
1: yeah, Rich Roll. I remember that name now that you mention it. Yeah, he was, uh, a,
0: and I think he actually is the owner's first because he didn't want to. Um, he didn't want to play football. He didn't want to play lacrosse. But he was a a good swimmer. He actually ended up, I think, going to Stanford for swimming um, at some point, or actually at, at the end of his high school career. Yeah, we
1: don't have an indoor pool. Our yeah. kids actually uh, we have an outdoor pool, and it's heated. Uh, God, in the morning, you know, in mid-October, uh, <laughs> when I walk my dog in the mornings, you see the steam coming off their bodies. Uh, and, and then the, the second thing that's unique about the school is – Uh, virtually all of the coaches the head coaches uh, are teachers and and if you look at our website uh, one of the things they celebrate is the teacher coach uh, model Uh, so we don't have a PE department uh, per se you know where we have a bunch of PE teachers uh, coaching our varsity teams now we have some outside coaches Uh, whether it's football lacrosse or hockey Mm -hmm. uh, but the head coaches are all uh, classroom teachers Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's that's kind of unique i'm not sure you see that everywhere (laughs) especially in the you know the more celebrated uh sports like basketball and football in particular
0: Mm
1: so uh, actually what do
0: you teach i don't think i've ever actually asked you that
1: Uh, i teach history Uh, i've taught all sorts of history but uh Currently, I'm teaching sophomore U.S. history, but I've taught ninth grade, 12th grade, you know, European history, you name it, and I probably taught it uh, after, this is my 47th year here, so I've taught a lot of different courses that landed, all history. Right. I have taught government right. uh, uh, for a couple of years, but... Uh, well, Doreen, uh, next a-
0: pretty perfect. So what, what was the uh, lacrosse program like when you first started coaching there?
1: Uh, You know, when Landon started the program, uh, I was not there. I was in college, but they were pretty smart. Instead of just trying to start with a JV or whatever, uh, it started, I think, with a fourth-grade teacher. uh, And it started in the fourth, and I may be wrong, it may be the fifth grade. Mm -hmm. And they just, as those kids worked their way up, once they got into the middle school, which used to be seventh, eighth, and ninth, you know, then we had a middle school team, and then once those kids got into the high school, which in those days was 10th, we added a JV, and, and I arrived, and, and I think we were at the JV level, as I recall, but it may have been, they may have been ninth graders, and, and then, you know, we had our first varsity team back in the early 70s. Uh, the guy who preceded me uh, was a math teacher, a good guy, uh, older fellow, and I think he was head coach for two years. Uh, once we turned varsity, and I became coach in in seventy five.
0: Right, that's really interesting. So why why did they start so young? And I guess my next question would be: Is like who who did they play?
1: Uh, well, that there weren't many teams around, as I recall. You know, uh, Sandy Springs had a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Episcopal had a team. This is when we get to the high school, Woodbury Forest. But finding teams that could play, you know, fourth graders. I don't know who they played back then because I was in college. Right. Uh, but obviously it was a – I think the guy's name was Sullivan, but I'm not sure. Obviously he was a guy uh, you know, who had grown up, I don't know, maybe in uh, – probably in Baltimore. Uh, and they, the head of the lower school and the assistant headmaster was a lacrosse guy. Uh, so he obviously liked the sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think it would ever have begun, this guy's name, Bill Triplett, Uh, the lower school buildings named after him. He was the assistant headmaster, and he was there for a long time. So I suspect, you know, he was very warm to the idea when this uh, fourth-grade teacher proposed this.
0: Yeah, Yeah, a lot of foresight, too, especially to be able to, you know, kind of let the kids advance on their own, and then eventually, like, it takes commitment from that fourth- and fifth-grade program to be like, yeah, once they eventually get to high school, we're going to add the sport, and to wait that long to have
1: And I think that was smart, and I've seen other schools just kind of launch it mm-hmm. and just but this this was in a day when you didn't have club lacrosse, so kids you know now you could probably start a school a team at any high school uh just by getting kids you know from different club teams mm-hmm. uh uh, but but I think they were wise. And I remember uh, when I asked several times long ago, I said, you know, I think this was a, a good way to do it. Maybe you don't have to start in fourth grade. Maybe you can start in sixth or seventh. But to gradually do it instead of just throwing a group out there right. and having them just get murdered right. <laughs> week after week. Right.
0: So do they still uh, – obviously, I know it's club and travel. It's different. But, like, do the – is the lower school still – they still have oh.
1: Yeah, we have uh, – I think we have, like, a a rotation system for the the youngest kids, like the third and the fourth, and and, uh, so they play, you know, uh, a month of baseball, a month of track, a month of lacrosse, and then I think their fifth grade year, which is the last year in our lower school, uh, then they can choose uh, to do track or do baseball or do lacrosse. That makes sense. I think those are their three options, and then they get to the middle school, and, you know, obviously in the middle school, which is sixth, seventh, and eighth, We've got three teams. we uh, and it's organized by grade. We have a sixth grade team, a seventh grade team, and an eighth grade team. Yeah, oh, that's really interesting.
0: Um, so I, guess I was going to also ask, like, so over the time that you've been there, because again, you were a student at Landon too, correct? Yes. You've, you've. Yep. Oh.
1: I had never heard of lacrosse. Literally, had never heard the word. Uh, but my father had lived a number of years in. Uh, in Baltimore, uh, went to Gilman uh, for a while. He also lived in Canada for a while, but uh, he was the one when I went to Princeton and said, you know, you ought to try uh, lacrosse. Uh, you know, it's a sport that uh, small, quick kids uh, can play. Uh, so I went out and, uh, at Princeton, uh, and that was in a day and age. I, I remember one of our coaches uh, was a football coach, so he was constantly uh, trying to get uh, football players mm-hmm. uh, that he liked athletically uh, to play lacrosse. Uh, and I think, I, as I recall, there were four kids in my class, all of whom we were all kids who had never played lacrosse. Uh, and, and, you know, we by the time we got to the varsity a couple of years later, we were all fairly successful.
0: Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Um, and. Uh... <laughs> but and, and that's kind of you know, almost history was made at that point, but you probably did had no idea at that point.
1: <laughs> no, you, you know, all you're doing is trying to uh, like anything else, just get your team prepared for the next game. You don't, yeah. you don't think much about history. Yeah. And certainly I wouldn't, if you'd asked me back then in 1975, would I still be teaching, teaching and coaching, you know, here in 2017, I'm not sure I would have said yes. Right. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs>
1: um,
0: so, you know, over your time there, what's been your favorite memory of coaching?
1: God, we've had so many exciting wins. Uh, I was talking to Casey O'Neill, who's the head coach down at Gonzaga, uh, today. And uh, obviously the prep wins were always for a championship, and there are too many of them to try to figure out which was the best. Uh, Last week, I was at the induction of Matt Ward uh, into the Potomac uh, Hall of Fame here in, in the Washington area, a- and our last undefeated team. Uh, he scored the winning goal in overtime to win that one. Uh, so that's certainly one uh, <laughs> I won't I won't forget. But there have been so many uh, great ones. Uh, but last a couple years ago, when we played Gonzaga. We played down at Georgetown University under the lights. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd gone to Georgetown University and seen lots of college games, you know, when Duke was there, Notre Dame was there, uh, Navy was there, Maryland was there. The crowd for our game two, in 2015 was bigger than any game I had ever seen at a Georgetown University lacrosse game. Uh, and we won by one. It was an electric night. Uh, and as I said, I was talking to the Gonzaga coach uh, this morning, Casey O'Neill, about this spring. He, we were moving the game time, uh, and I said, you know, that game was just extraordinary. We got back to land, and the game started at about 6:30. We get back to land at about 8:30, 9 o'clock, probably a little later than that. And uh, I still remember a kid named Jarrett Witzel, uh, who's a face-off kid for Bucknell. Actually, last week he was one of two Landon kids, I think they were the players of the week, Sean O'Brien was the other one, uh, but uh, Jarrett, was, they, had all, they had the music blaring in the locker room, and, and they're dancing, and, and in all my years at Landon, I had never seen that, and, and literally, after an hour, I didn't think I would ever get them out of the locker room, and this kid Jarrett Witzel, who's a face-off kid. Uh, was in the hamper for the the jerseys and shorts where they're supposed to throw their stuff. Right. And we were talking about that cause, because he had such a great week last week. Uh, we had exchanged emails, and I said, God, I was just talking about you uh, and your dancing that night. And I don't think I've ever witnessed a- anyone so excited, so happy yeah. uh, about a win. Uh, so it's hard to single out one, but every person who went to that game uh, said basically the same thing uh, that it was just uh, the atmosphere was electric. There was a huge crowd, and it was a great game. Obviously, we were fortunate to win. Uh, and even in the last minute, I think our goalie Danny uh, Hunter Sells, made two or three saves. They hit the pipe. <laughs> I must say, if the game had gone on another minute or so, I wouldn't have bet a nickel right. <laughs> on our our holding on. Yeah, I can imagine because uh, one of our in those. Games. A, yeah, Ryan Pride, one of our better players, who was a senior this year, he had popped his knee uh, and had to have ACL surgery. We didn't know that at the time. We just knew he had to come out of the game, and that was kind of a, a downer. So his loss uh, took something out of our sails. Uh, but that gonzaga game has become a big game. So yeah. there are just too many games to single out a single game right. uh, uh, over the years because – an awful lot of memorable prep games. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, I can imagine. You guys have played quite a
0: lot, many times, you know, several times during the year. You know, you, and a lot of times in those championship games.
1: <laughs> yeah, especially since you know now the tournament in our league, uh, you you have to beat the other team twice to win an outright championship because we have a regular season winner, and if you don't win the tournament. Uh, then a co-championship is awarded and and that's happened a number of times it's just hard you know it's hard to beat uh, a team where you know you're splitting hairs trying to figure out who's the better of the two teams right
0: yeah definitely all right um all right and it kind of leads me you're talking kind of mentioned georgetown prep and everything. So, you know, looking at the IAC this year, I know it's, uh, you know, it becomes a bit obvious, but, you know, I'll, I'll eliminate Landon out of the con- conversation for you just to make it a little bit easier. But so, outside of Landon, who are some of the teams to beat in the season?
1: Well, you know, I, I, it's a very unusual season. Uh, St. Albans has a new coach. St. Stevens has a new coach. Uh, we, and Prep has a new coach. Uh, coach Yurick's son uh, is taking over at Prep. Uh, I think Prep is going to be young this year. I think they have a very good ninth grade class, uh, uh, so I think they're going to be young. Uh, you know, maybe a year away. So a new coach, uh, but you know, you uh, Prep when we play Prep in anything, uh, it doesn't matter what the score or record is going in. It's going to be a competitive game. Saint Stephen's, I think. Uh, had a lot of good kids last year. I think they had graduated a whole lot, uh, and they lost Andy Tyball, who's a, a superb coach. Uh, I, I've got to think that's going to hurt them a little bit, uh, though. I and I don't know the name of their new coach. Uh, he's uh, he was on the staff last year, one of their offensive guys. Uh, Bullis graduated some people, but you know Bullis is, uh, has built a nice program, uh, and. Uh, just don't know St. Albans, you know, St. Albans has had a rough decade. Uh, they used to be, you know, uh, certainly in in the discussion uh, about one of the better teams, and they've been down for a few years. So it's kind of an uncertain year. I think everybody would say uh, we have a lot of kids coming back. Right. Uh, now, that does mean squat. If we don't have good chemistry and the kids don't work hard, they <laughs> you know, they can be beaten. Uh so it's a very unusual year when you have that many new coaches uh, and you know what their style will be, you know, will they start playing zone D or you know what will they do? Right. Uh so we just we were disappointed last year. We did not get uh to the IC uh tournament championship game and that hasn't happened very often. Right. Uh so that might come up from time to time if practice isn't going particularly well. Uh you don't want to be that class. Uh you know, that all you can say is, you know, you want a title as sophomores when <laughs> most of you were on the JV to begin with. Uh, but we've had an excellent winter, so you know, we're we're optimistic. We think we have uh a good team uh returning.
0: Yeah, and uh I- head coach at St. Stephen's actually talked to me for a podcast that I, that went out this, week. he seems like a good guy and like, he's a program, so, but he, like you said, it's, you never know whenever someone takes over. Um,
1: yeah, and I'm sure he'll do a good guy. A- Andy Tyball uh, was a really good coach uh, and did. You just look at what he achieved, you know, in the last half dozen years, I don't know how many times they won the Virginia state championship. Uh, but, you know, a couple of those wins over us were kind of extraordinary. You know, you, we we would try to accommodate them they would go down and play you know friday saturday and sometimes sundays in the virginia state championship and then have to come back and play us on monday yeah uh and this is you know late may when it's hot as hell yeah. and to have and it's not like saint stephen's has had great depth in terms of if you look at their squad uh you know he may have a squad of 28 uh, i have a squad of 40 uh so he really did some great things uh over there, and his goalies you know if you have great goalies, and Andy was a good goalie, and his goalies were always good, yeah, so you had to work hard to score on him right. uh so I certainly hope his goalies aren't as good uh <laughs> this year uh, a good goalie can allow you to stick around and you know right. Uh, right. maybe last a lot longer than you might, and then if you have a face off guy right uh. Uh so we feel like we've got a good faceoff guy uh returning this year. Uh a real good faceoff guy and again if he stays healthy um uh, but we just we have a lot back. Uh it literally um we've got six good middies returning. We've got uh five good solid defensemen, uh, two goalies coming back, faceoff kid back and two of our three attackmen uh, are back. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm sure everybody would say on paper, you know, uh, Landon's the team to beat in the league. And, uh, you know, I hope that's the case. <laughs> I just hope they don't succeed.
0: You guys are always at the top of the conversation. IAC, it's always like, and, and usually prep. Uh, but, you know, you know St. Stephen's, well, obviously, Willis has to be in the conversation.
1: Last year. Well, absolutely. That team, you know, what they did last year, they didn't just dominate our league, uh, but, you know, <laughs> They beat McDonough uh, and Boys Latin, and those were the two uh, teams that played, as I recall, in the uh, championship at the end of the season. Uh, the first game, and the- they beat McDonough. The final score was a little closer th- than the game was. Th- they were beating McDonough convincingly, uh, and uh, then they went up and beat beat uh, I think Boys Latin at that. Uh, they have a, some sort of tournament at Loyola, mm-hmm. or some sort of. Uh, function at Loyola, there are four teams that are invited. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Bullis was very good, yeah. uh, and they've had some outstanding players uh, in the last couple of years. Yeah, uh, was... and they've got a few of those kids back. They're not all gone, but uh, you know they did graduate some good players. Yeah. Uh, so I hope they haven't found any new ones. <laughs>
0: um, you know, before I kind of uh, wrap up with the last few questions, I, I wanted to ask you real quick about the prep rivalry. Obviously for, for so many years, it was you guys in prep. Like if it wasn't one, it was the other other that won the championship. And a lot of times, as you mentioned, you shared co-championship. Um, what's that rivalry been like? And has it changed at all? Because Coach Giblin was there for many, many years
1: the head, like uh well there's no question if anyone knows kevin giblin which uh would tell you he's a fierce competitor yep. uh and you know my god it, you can talk to him a month after the season a month before the season it's as if it's halftime of the game <laughs> now, he's just a competitor yep. uh and i don't think any coach uh had kids that played any harder uh than the kids that played for him over the years. So you just knew that was going to be a physical, physical hard contest. Uh, and prep really in our league, whether it's football, whether it's basketball, soccer, you name it, uh, St. Albans historically was Landon's biggest rival, but you've got to go back a long ways. Uh, I would say, uh, it has been prep, uh, for, you know, the last 30 years. Uh, Bullis has become more and more competitive in our league in every sport. Uh, they've become very good in both basketball and football. Uh, and I think when you're real good in those two sports, you know, that kind of gives you credibility. So Bullis, especially after last season, uh, uh, has become a much more competitive team. But prep, prep is everybody's big game at Landon. Uh, Whether it's the golf team, the tennis team, the soccer team, uh, we have, we, we or prep, have won an awful lot of titles in an awful lot of sports. Uh, You know, they're all boys. uh, They're a little bit bigger than us and uh, just kind of part of the fabric (laughs) of the school. Yeah.
0: Uh, And you guys are relatively close distance wise as well.
1: Yeah, we're only a few miles away. They're maybe four miles away. Yeah. But, you know, I think it's a healthy rivalry. Uh, You know, Coach Giblin's absence, uh, I would say the tone uh, of the game has changed. The kids still play hard. Uh, But, you know, their coach and I will talk before the game. We'll be civil and talk after the game. (laughs) Kevin <laughs> Gifflin. Uh, I can't say we did a lot of small talking before the game or after the game. It was a handshake and then we went went our separate ways. Uh so in some sense, uh it, it's nice uh you know, it's nice not to have that additional tension mm-hmm. uh when you worry about you know, something that might happen on the sidelines <laughs> where uh coaches aren't at their best in terms of their own behavior.
0: Yeah. I totally, totally got you. So, um, and kind of want to fo- kind of follow up or finish up with a, a few just kind of rapid fire questions that necessarily have to do with the cross. But I guess that I'll leave. To you. Um, so, you know, obviously you've been been pretty successful, and I found usually successful leaders usually have a, a, a morning routine or something they follow. Like, what do you consider your morning? Routine started throughout? I don't know
1: if I have a morning routine. I get up early. Uh, I go to bed, of course, early. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whether it's football, I'm a varsity football coach, and, uh, you know, that notebook of mine, uh, I carry with me wherever I go. Uh, and, you know, I'm always sitting at the kitchen table the moment I get home. I live about a half hour or so from school, and the moment I walk in, that that notebook comes out, and I'm writing down things I may have thought of in the car ride home, uh, I'm I'm planning tomorrow's practice, uh, or I've just thought of something that I need to write down before I forget. But I'm an early riser, uh, so I like to get up very early on game day, especially if it happens to be on a Saturday, as it is in football, and, you know, just write out my thoughts. Uh, so nothing, you know, I don't go to a, a special place to get breakfast or coffee. It just get up early and uh, start planning uh, for the game
0: is uh, relative to each person. What do you consider early?
1: Uh, I'd say five thirty, five fifteen, something in that neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, as I said, I live I live almost twenty miles from school, so I have a, a normal commute of about thirty five minutes, uh, if I, you know, if traffic's fine. Uh, obviously, if I leave, if I get out of here, you know, it's six thirty. Uh, I'll get to school by 7.05 or so, but if I leave any later than that, I won't. So I like, you know, on game day, if it's on a Saturday, I like to get the gym very, very early. Uh, I'm pretty meticulous in terms of organization, so I want to make sure the jerseys, everything's taken care of, so when the kids come in, you know, we're set and ready to go. Uh, I almost find it therapeutic. Right. Uh, and after a game, uh, I'm one of the last to leave if we... I do the laundry. Uh, I don't have to, uh, but uh, I usually watch. Uh, want to watch tape uh, in my office. Uh, obviously, if you've won, you're kind of celebrating, Have having something to eat, chit-chatting with the coaches, but oftentimes they go home, and so I'll put a load of laundry in, and then I'll just watch tape for a while and then go home uh, once I've got a better feel for how we did, uh, having looked at at least the first half of the tape. Right. Okay.
0: Um, so what is the best piece of advice you've received during your life?
1: Oh, golly day. Uh, best piece of advice. It's funny. I spoke at the national clinic a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and I talked about, uh, one of my themes was little things, uh, attention to detail. And, you know, at some point, I'm not sure people gave me, uh, that advice, but, I think if you ask a lot of collegiate coaches who know me, uh, I have always been somebody, having not played lacrosse you know, my entire life, when I took over the program, I really didn't know much about the game. Uh, I was a middie. I was athletic. Uh, I could run. <laughs> Did I understand much about what we were doing on offense? No, I didn't. The game was a lot simpler, mm-hmm. uh, but from the very, very beginning, uh, I started going to college practices, and Bobby Shriver, uh, I don't even remember how I got to know Bobby, uh, but I remember going up to visit him one Sunday, and I brought my notebook, and he sat down and shared a lot of thoughts with me, and he was very close to Dave Cottle. So he said, you got to get over there and watch Dave. Dave at that time was at Loyola College. Watch his team practice. Uh, So I started going to Loyola practices, and and over the years, I've gone to a countless number of college practices, uh, from Georgetown University to Maryland to University of Virginia, uh, and so forth. And uh, I guess I've always thought uh, you can always learn something. Uh, So even when I go today and watch a college game, I'll have my notebook there and I'll scout your warm-ups when we play at a team. I'm watching your warm-ups for drills, and I got a ton of drills, and many of them are named after uh, the maroon drill I got from Episcopal. Uh, Matt Hogan does a great job at St. Mary's. I think I have two or three drills I call St. Mary's, uh, a number of drills that are called Virginia uh, or Maryland because that's where I got the drills. Right. Uh, so I've, you know, I've always tried to, uh, I've always tried to uh, improve uh, by studying the game and trying to pick the brains of others. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure anybody gave me that advice. Uh, I think my father used to tell me, you know, you had to be patient. <laughs> you had to be patient. And that's certainly something I don't think you've, if you become a coach, you can change the culture of a, a program overnight. I think that takes time. Uh, Enthusiasm, that's certainly one of my strengths. I've always been enthusiastic, and I hope my enthusiasm at times uh, is infectious and I can get other kids excited about playing because I'm enthusiastic. Uh, I think if you came to one of my history classes, uh, I always laugh uh, at the beginning of class. Uh, I'll look for some shy kid who doesn't participate, and I'll always say, are you fired up today? Uh, <laughs> and he'll look at me, why do you do this every day to me? Uh, I like occasionally the kids will say, I don't know how much coffee he drinks before he comes to class, but he's always fired up, one of the secretaries said today. I can hear you in my classroom, and, you know, I'm 50 <laughs> yards down the hallway from you. I said, yeah, well, I was fired up. The kid got me upset today.
0: Uh, that's funny. Uh, so- how, how many notebooks do you estimate you've probably gone through? You have to have a library full of them at this point.
1: Yeah, what's funny, one of the things I do in preparation uh, for the start of the season, I go through, I have a bunch of files. So I'll have my extra man notebook, I'll have my drill notebook, uh, and at the clinic, when I spoke at the National Clinic, one of the things I urged coaches to do, uh, I said, you know, at After every game, I take notes. I do this in football. I'll write down what went well, uh, what we struggled with or did not do particularly well, what we need to do next year. Uh, And sometimes it will simply be we've got to have a better answer uh, for their 10-man ride uh, or our zone offense wasn't very good, and I'll diagram their zone uh, or their ride, whatever it is. And so when we start getting ready for St. Stephen's, now this year to be very different, uh, but whether it's football or lacrosse, when it was Kevin Giblin, okay, I'm looking at my notes from last year. Then when I look at last year's film, especially if they're returning a lot of kids, uh, it really gives me a head start. I'm not starting fresh every time I look at them. I'm looking at my notes. Uh, And then I I, I have drill notebooks and what I do every... You know, every January, I just flip through my drill notebooks, and a lot of times I'll pull out uh, drills that I've, I, I've, I, I don't like anymore, uh, or I'll reorganize and I'll put drills. You'll forget about a drill uh, that you haven't done for four or five years. I found a couple this year. I thought, damn, how could I have forgotten this drill? I really like this drill. Just to make sure that I vary my routine at the end of the season whether it's football or lacrosse, uh, I'll, I have about 20 pages of notes uh, that I'll take. And, again, it's the same sort of thing, things that I liked that we did well, things I think we need to look at and talk about. Uh, and then what I'll do halfway through the season, I'll look at last year's notes. Uh, obviously, in the last week or so, I've looked at, uh, again, my my notes from last summer. Uh, things that you know we said we needed to really think about. Now some of them are personnel issues, some are X's and O's. Uh, but by I, I just can't remember stuff the way obviously many other people can do. Right. Uh, so I just have to by by being organized. And, and I said this at the National Clinic. To me, organization is time. Uh, and I think if you came to one of our practices, you'd say, "Wow, uh, this is very efficient." There's a lot going on here, Uh, and we spend a lot of time. uh, We we spend a lot of time planning that that practice, Uh, so the final product uh, we hope, uh, in terms of the practice, is efficient. Uh, And uh, I'm a huge delegator. Uh, You know, whatever success we've had over the years. uh, You know, I've had some very good players, obviously. Uh, you know, Matt Ward may have been the very best, but I hate to say anybody was the very best. But you win the Tauritan Trophy. <laughs> not many people can say they had one of those players. Uh, I remember Matt when uh, when I first saw Matt play indoor lacrosse one winter when he was an eighth grader. I said, Oh my goodness, this kid's going to be good. Uh, but uh, I'm a I'm a huge delegator. Uh, so I've had a lot of great coaches over the years. Uh, and, you know, when you if you come in and you're a defensive coach or a goalie coach, doesn't matter what you are, an attack coach, you know, I'm going to pick your brain. I, I want to see what new drills, what new techniques you can teach me. And, and then I'm going to give you a great deal of latitude once I became confident. Now, I won't you know, coaches will say, sometimes when I've interviewed somebody, they said, well, how much, you know, how much stay will I have? I goes, well, that depends on how impressed I am with you. Uh, I have a young guy, Will McGettigan right now, uh, who joined us, God, I think two years ago. And, uh, you know, after the first practice, I realized, wow, this kid is good. And he's been running our box the last couple of years, has great composure, never gets rattled, you know, and that, and that I think the box coach, that's the most stressful job, I think, on the field. Uh, so I think most coaches who have worked for me would say, yeah, uh, Rob is very good. Uh, he listens to us. Uh, he loves new drills if you've got something. Uh, and if you're the midfield coach, uh, I always have you know, a final veto, but I rarely use it. Uh, I I probably use more energy talking about personnel and who I think might be best in the second or the third midfield or the first midfield Uh, but as far as X's and O's I have a new uh, Ian Healy uh, is a Maryland player uh, who played for me graduated from Atlanta in 2000 Uh, he's our new offensive coordinator he's been doing that for the last two years and done a great job Uh, just a great job I've learned from him Uh, he was uh, a local coach at Potomac School before he came back to Landon and uh, Penn Leachman's been with me he's my defensive guy and he's been with me for 17 years so I've been blessed I've had some very very good coaches and we've had some very good players yeah uh, and I, I let them play a little bit
0: I actually think you just answered my last question because I was going to ask you what two things you attribute your success to And I thought you were going to say your players and your coaches, but and I think you just answered it, but I'm going to ask it anyway, just in case.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny. One of the things I do uh, as a coach, you'll never hear me use the word I. Uh, you know, whenever uh, I talk, it's always we. And we is the coaches, it's the trainers, it's the players and so forth. And when we went over the 600 win mark, uh, whatever it was, a couple of years ago, you know, I just, <laughs> I was embarrassed because they made this poster and I wanted it to say, Lan- well, first of all, I didn't know they had made the poster, but then when they presented it to me, you know, it, it was really neat. What it had, it had a, it had the pic- little tiny pictures uh, of the collegiate captains of, uh, and there were like 50 of them, and then it had the names of all of the high school uh, All-Americans that had come out of the place, and then it had just statistics, the number of collegiate All-Americans and so forth, but, but the only thing I didn't like about it, it had my name at the top, and I said, you know, eventually I'm going to pay somebody, because it was done digitally, <laughs> uh, just to put, you know, Landon LaCrosse, Right. Uh, because I've always thought we, uh, and you know, as I as I said to somebody, I said, I've never won a face-off, scored no goals, and made no saves. <laughs> I, all I can say is I brought a lot of enthusiasm, I hope, uh, almost every day uh, to practice. And uh, I think some kids would say, yeah, coaches, you know, he's always fired up. Uh, he expects us to work hard, and, you know, I think – the kids just kind of expect that now. Uh, so we do have a culture uh, at school when it comes to lacrosse uh, that they're high expectations of us. Uh, we expect to do well, uh, and they know, you know, to do that, you got to work hard.
0: Yeah, and enthusiasm is – it's really hard to be a downer when it's someone who's so enthusiastic. So a lot to do with it.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I love – I had a, a, a coach that joined – one of my JV coaches, and I actually – He's looking at another opportunity right now, and, you know, I just, what I loved most about him was in, his enthusiasm. Uh, you know, I'm an old man, so, so you know, I'm close to 70. I'll be 70 in, in a few months, and uh, so the kids see me differently. It's almost as if they're protective of me, uh, whereas, you know, these young guys, they see very, very, very differently. Uh, I think they, you know, they laugh at my idiosyncrasies and, you know, I have a flip up phone and I know no technology, (laughs) uh, but it's, it's kind of interesting. I think most of them would say, you know, we respect him, you know, he, if you don't do it the right way. And, uh, we do put a lot of emphasis uh, on conduct and behavior, you know, unfortunately we've had, you know, over the last decade or so, you know, some tragic episodes, Mm -hmm. uh, And everybody wants to paint us as a renegade program, and anybody that knows us goes, no, he is the biggest disciplinarian in the school, (laughs) and he will not hesitate a moment uh, to suspend or throw a kid off the team uh, for inappropriate behavior. And I'm talking about inappropriate behavior on the weekends uh, when it's brought to our attention. Uh, So... But unfortunately, uh, when we've had tragic episodes, the press has just gone after us.
0: Yeah, I remember those. I, I, I know that we're not going to bring it up here, but I remember, you talking, I remember all that happened. And it's just like, it's like you know, I, I knew well enough i getting, getting portrayed in a way. Like, but this is people who swoop in and they don't know and they kind of make the snap judgment. So yeah, we won't talk. About yeah.
1: That. And I think one of the things I'm most proud of, uh, I think most teams – you know, uh, say, you know, these guys do it the right way. Uh, one of the letters uh, we played, this is when Ryan Boyle was a senior at Gilman and Landon and Gilman were not only lacrosse rivals, uh, but they were football rivals. We never beat them. Uh, and when Ryan Boyle was there, they were number one in the state of Maryland. They were very good. Uh and we lost several very, very close games to them. And that kind of spilled over into the lacrosse, where they were clearly uh, the more dominant team. We were kind of the upstart team from Washington that had closed the gap. Uh, but we played a game, I guess it would be the only reason I remember, is my son graduated in 2000. Both teams were undefeated, you know, like 13-0 and 14-0. I think we were ranked number one in some rankings. It wouldn't have been inside lacrosse. I'm not even sure they were there. But whatever. Uh, And we ended up losing up there at their place, you know, like 9-8, 10-9. It was a great game, but there was a wonderful uh, letter to the editor uh, written by, and I can't remember who wrote it, uh, but it talked about uh, the way the two two teams conducted themselves when the game was over. Uh, And it said, you know, the Landon team, you know, no one threw their helmet. Nobody collapsed to the ground. Uh, They quickly huddled up, and gave Gilman a cheer, and went through the lines as if I'm thinking, well, what do you expect? <laughs> Isn't that the way it's supposed to be? Uh, but that's something, you know, I've shared with our kids over the years, that uh, whether it's in defeat or in victory, the way you carry yourself is very, very important to me. Uh, so sportsmanship is certainly a hallmark, I hope, uh, of our program, and I can't say we haven't had from time to time a kid do something inappropriate uh but I think for the most part uh, our kids kind of buy into the importance of sportsmanship <laughs>